0: Hey, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa.
1: Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability.
0: In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders,
1: leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Good morning, Melissa. How are you doing? Good morning.
0: I'm good. I'm uh, sitting on the floor to record this episode instead of about a desk.
1: Nice. And your cute little puppy's not with you.
0: Thank God, because last, <laughs> last uh, recording session would, did not go as smoothly as they normally do. But yeah, I decided to sneak away and record somewhere different today so that I could be a little bit more focused and not be
1: <laughs> stressed over taking the puppy out. He was cute, though. He is cute. He's a lot of trouble. So today is, I think, I don't know, a bittersweet episode. It's our twentieth episode, and it's gonna be the last episode of season one. So we will take a few months off. We're gonna do quarter four, you know, in business world, that's how we measure everything. So in quarter four, we're gonna take a break to reflect plan. Um, just as we were talking about your puppy, I was thinking, ooh, maybe we should do video next season and then people can see your puppy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we are going to today just summarize the top takeaways from everything we've discussed in the podcast this season. But I do want to say we still want to hear from you, even though we won't be recording, you won't be getting our podcast every week for a little bit. Feel free to reach out if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to see next season. If there's anything you want us to cover, anything at all, or if you just need some help while we're away, if you have any big questions, go to ConvertKit.com slash Deliverability, and there's a form there for you to fill out. Yeah, that'd be great. I can't believe we're already at episode 20. That just seems
0: crazy to me. I remember... The first day when we were recording, we had to start over like three times, five times because I was so nervous and like didn't know how to just speak like a normal human. It is
1: so crazy to think about how far we've come in 20 episodes. We had never podcasted before and we were a little rusty. I'm sure we still are, um, but it definitely feels a lot better now. (laughs) It does feel better, but it would be great if um, any of you
0: have any suggestions. We've kind of been brainstorming a little bit on what we want to do for season two, but... I'm sure there's so many things we haven't even thought of yet. So if any of you out there have any ideas about how to mix things up and talk about some other topics
1: related to deliverability, that would be great to hear from you. Yep, definitely. Um, So I guess we can hop right into the top takeaways out of this season. We're going to kind of start high level and then get specific. But the very first takeaway that I think is important to talk about because it really is the foundation to your deliverability is that permission is key. So you should only send to subscribers who want to receive your emails. Um, If you're not doing that to start off with, you're going to have a bad time. You're gonna have some bad deliverability.
0: I'm laughing at (laughs) you just because sometimes I listen to you start talking and I'm so interested in what you're saying that I forget (laughs) I forget where I'm supposed to go Mm. next with it. So sorry about that. No, I love it. Yeah, I think this is like a pretty, like not to laugh, I feel like this is a pretty obvious thing that there can be like some gray area kind of and we've talked about it a few times in different episodes. But um, it's easy to get an email address from lots of different sources, lots of different spaces online. And I think people always start off for the most part with good intentions, but they don't realize that, Emailing people who haven't given you consent or like specifically signed up to be on your list um, can cause you a lot of deliverability issues that you just probably don't really want to deal with, especially if you start building a legitimate list. You know, you don't want to add email addresses in there that you've scraped from a website or a big one that we've talked about uh, recently. LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, (laughs) See that kind of often. So just save yourself the trouble of creating deliverability issues that are really easy to avoid.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's the easy way it seems (laughs) at first, whenever you have something to offer, you want people to buy something maybe, and you're, you know that you could go buy a list right now. And, you know, usually they are pretty segmented. So it might be like, oh, a list of college students or whatever, a list of doctors, and you want to reach those people, but it's not going to go well. Um, You are going to have deliverability problems. So the best thing to do is to go the harder and slower way, which is building an audience. And I know that's tough. I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast, but really Nathan Berry's blog is a great place to start to learn how to build an audience consistently and an audience of people who really want to hear from you. But it's going to give you so much, such better results. Um, Those people are going to be loyal to you. They're gonna be excited to hear your content they opted in to be there, you didn't force them to be there and they're gonna be way more likely to eventually buy whatever you're selling and you can use that audience as you grow in whatever it is you decide to do. Maybe if you have some sort of side hustle you create, you can tell your other audience about it and a lot of them will jump on over Mm -hmm. and be excited about your next endeavor. So building that audience is super valuable. It is the harder option when it comes to, you know, Doing that or buying a list, but it's going to give you so much um, more return on your investment.
0: Yeah, definitely a marathon. And some of the best examples that I've seen through ConvertKit are people who have given out their annual revenue statements and shown um, how much you know they they posted on their blog or whatever, and they've shown how much money that they've made throughout the year. And oftentimes, they do have smaller lists than what you would expect. Um, Not all the time, but I've definitely seen some great examples. And it just goes to show that, like Alyssa said, loyalty is everything. And those people get really excited about any new products that you release or any new ideas, um, typically. So I think that sometimes the, the smaller focus list is a lot more effective.
1: Yep hundred percent. So if you take away anything from this podcast, that actually would be a really good takeaway. And then next, they kind of go hand in hand, but I would say the number two takeaway is engagement determines inbox placement. And of course, not hundred percent. There are <laughs> plenty of other factors, but that is probably the most important factor once you have all the technical pieces in place and people have opted in to be there. It's important that they have positive engagement. Right. And I think this
0: one's like kind of difficult for some people to grasp just because I think one of our favorite things to say throughout these 20 episodes is remember that there's someone on the other side of the email address. One of my favorite pieces of advice to give new email marketers who come in and have deliverability questions is to ask your audience a question that they don't want to not answer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I see sometimes people say, I say engagement's really important and they're like, I think it's hard to think about how to get those people to act when you're just beginning to build trust with them. Well, that engagement doesn't have to be a click to buy a product. That engagement can be a response to a question. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I think people underestimate is kind of the power of a question. So, ask them a question they can't refuse and see what your engagement is like and every time you do that, I, you know, I think that it will really help build like this trust and like relationship with your audience.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you're interested in all of this and you haven't listened to all of our episodes, I know not every person out there has binged every episode. Um, I'd highly recommend listening to the one on sender reputation. That's where we really dive into engagement. Um, But a brief overview would be that there are positive engagements that people can take with your emails and then there are negative ones. A lot of times we call this positive signals and negative signals. So an example of a positive signal is opening the email, clicking on the email, replying to the email. That's a big one. You know, anything that shows interest, mailbox providers are even able to see how long someone reads the email, but they don't share that information back with anyone else. That's so one, they one of my do. favorite little tidbits of yeah. information. Oh, they know. Yeah, they know everything. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, oh. little plug, we have to talk about that later.
0: <laughs> I still haven't watched um, it. I like, Oh it, my gosh. I know. I know. We That's a whole, I feel like we could do a whole episode on just talking about it. And
1: I don't even know if we can relate it back to vulnerability, <laughs> but. Yeah, we can just do it for fun. Yeah. Bonus episode. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely, it does a good job of showing that, you know, social media, for example, they know what you're, you know, when you're scrolling and then you stop and look at something and how long you look at it, they use all of that to tweak their algorithms. And email is similar, uh, as in, you know, Gmail, for example, knows how long you look at an email and how, you know, if you're scrolling and you're reading and they're going to use that to determine if the sender is a good or bad sender. So, Mm -hmm. That's an example of a positive engagement that you won't have any insight into. But then there are also negative engagements or signals like marking the message as spam. That's the most negative signal you can get. And another big one that a lot of people don't realize is people just leaving messages unopened for a lot of consecutive emails is a huge negative signal. So leaving those people on your list who just don't open uh, email after email after email is hurting you every time you send to them again. And that's why cleaning your list is so important. Exactly, and those cold subscribers,
0: um, the people not opening your emails are probably not going to after a certain amount of time either. So, you know, Gmail looks at that and they have a I think it is about 180 day window of someone continuing to send to cold subscribers, eventually they will ding your sender reputation. So that's just something that is just a good deliverability practice to keep you from getting into the weeds with deliverability issues in the future.
1: Yeah, and if anyone's curious where that 180 day number comes from, so if you've seen, some people have noticed in their own inboxes, um, Gmail might kind of have a little pop-up that says, you haven't engaged with the sender's emails in a while. Do you want to unsubscribe? Mm -hmm. And someone found that it took 180 days of unengagement for Gmail to show that pop-up. So it sort of shows in the, you know, the brain of Gmail's algorithm, what they consider to be a long time without engaging and that you probably want to unsubscribe. So it's sort of taking that logic that Gmail has surfaced and making assumptions that they also use that same logic in the back end to say, hey, it's been 180 days since this person interacted with the email. We think that they shouldn't be on that list anymore and -hmm. they're going to ding your sender reputation and potentially send more emails to the spam folder.
0: Well, it's really funny too, actually, that you say that because I noticed that I'm getting a couple of those for, we already had, I had a conversation about my addiction to um, (laughs) marketing like clothing emails. So Mm -hmm. I actually saw a Gmail ask me if I wanted to unsubscribe from Old Navy. And I think it actually might do the sender a favor to ask somebody if they want to unsubscribe because I panicked and I was like, oh, I need to open more emails from them. Like, I don't want, I don't want to (laughs) unsubscribe
1: Wow, that's a good way to look at it. I know a lot of senders freak out when they hear Gmail's doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you can look at it as a positive because people like Melissa are gonna be like, oh, wow, I need to actually open more emails and engage more instead of hitting unsubscribe. Yeah, I mean, I don't wanna unsubscribe,
0: but I just always, you know, we've talked about like my purchasing habits are cyclical and <laughs> I'm not always mm-hmm. gonna open every single email, but I just thought it was funny because in my And maybe I'm just a weirdo and that's not normal for most people. But I was like, oh, I don't want to unsubscribe. So I can click no or I can open more emails and then it
1: won't ask me anymore. But Mm, yeah. That's so interesting. I love it. Interesting tidbit. (laughs) Definitely. So when you hear a deliverability person telling you to clean up your list, that's why. Because again, just having a big amount of people sitting on there that never engage can lead to your emails going to the spam folder for everyone potentially. Um, It'll probably start with the people who are unengaged and then it can seep into your actual engaged people. So be sure that you are regularly cleaning out your list of people who haven't engaged in a while. In ConvertKit, a cold subscriber is anyone who hasn't opened in the last 90 days and they've been on your list for 30 days. So highly recommend doing that. And if it's really painful to do that all at once then it's great to think about re-engagement strategies and make a plan for that now so decide like if somebody hasn't opened an email in 90 days I'm gonna send them this email and try and you know get them re-engaged with my content send them something super helpful maybe like a guide to blank whatever problem it is you can help them solve and see if that helps um, and then decide when it's ultimately time to let those people go. And that would be after they don't engage with that re-engagement campaign. Great advice. Thank you. You too. And I just need to tell everyone because I'm feeling it. I have a little cold and I took some cold medicine and I, yeah, I just- Making you feel a little loopy? I feel a little loopy, little out of it. I'll be talking and then half through this sentence, I'm like, what am I Am I saying anything that makes my saying words? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I'm not making sense, uh, blame it on the Advil cold and sinus medicine. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's also Friday, so there's that. Yeah, it is it's a different
0: day of the week for us than we normally record. So I'm
1: sitting on the floor, not
0: at a desk. Everything's a little out of whack today. It
1: kind of feels like the last day of school since it's the last yeah. uh episode of this season. I'm like, summer break. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's so weird. That is weird. Um, okay, and number
0: three that we will go into is provide value and adjust to your audience. Um, this one, I actually saw an example of a little bit more recently. I had a customer reach out and asked just about some deliverability concerns. And I think Alyssa, you also had one more recently as well. But they, they have a larger list. They have a lot of segments. They have a lot of tags. They have a lot going on. And when I looked at, in their list of complained subscribers, so those are people who marked their emails as spam, I noticed there was a pattern and people were marking the email as spam about five emails in every time. Wow. And it's really hard to tell someone, um, your content is great, but you're sending people too much content. Like that's more personal than just a deliverability, some other deliverability issues. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you can't deny that pattern. Like, it's not, right. it's not necessarily list bombing. These aren't people complaining on the first email or right after they get the incentive email, the double opt-in. These are people who are complaining almost exactly at the fifth email every time. Hmm. So to me, that says they are receiving content too often and they when they signed up, they expected to get something different and now they're getting something else. So this kind of falls in the um, adjust to your audience part of this number three takeaways. But um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And I, you know, suggested, hey, maybe you should look into your segments and make sure that, you know, people are signing up for something and not getting two emails a day or every day. It looks like that's kind of like, you know, they're burning out a little bit.
1: I love that. It's so interesting. It reminds me, I recently contributed to a Kickbox blog post that asked what's the most overrated metric and what's the most underrated metric. And I said that opens were overrated and complaints were underrated. And it's for that exact reason that you just described, because you really can find out so much by looking into complaints. And I don't think enough people are doing that. But your subscribers who are marking your messages spam are giving you really, really valuable feedback. And it's so helpful to dig in and see what's going on here. Was this just a one-off, you know, this random person complaint? Or mm-hmm. is there something larger happening? And it sounds like you found something a lot larger that can help this sender do a much better job of providing value to their audience and reaching mm-hmm. the inbox better. Well, one tough thing is in that
0: scenario, it does take a little bit of extra work to um, kind of get yourself out of that because it takes a lot to go in and look through all of that information and data so that you can fix whatever the issue is as far as, you know, sending to people too often. And I know I can totally understand how that would be a little overwhelming. Um, but I think that if you can point to that many people in a row who are unsubscribing with that pattern, it's worth taking the time to go in and make sure you're not doing that and not just saying, well, there's plenty of people out there who will still read the emails. I think that it's definitely a little bit underrated about how big, like you're saying, the information they can get from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So with our takeaway, uh, number three, the this really gets to the core of it is just make sure you're providing value to your subscribers. And like you hinted at, Melissa, it is tough because deliverability Issues a lot of times are actually kind of marketing issues that have turned into deliverability issues or like strategy issues. Because if someone's emails, the way they're marketing themselves, aren't landing well with subscribers, then the subscribers aren't going to be very engaged probably, and they might mark the messages as spam. And then the marketing issue will turn into a deliverability issue, and that can be a little bit tougher to coach people on, especially from a deliverability expert perspective. We would love to tell you you have a you know quick fix authentication yeah. issue or something else, um, but sometimes it really is just that the subscribers on your list aren't getting the value they hoped to get or You aren't meeting their needs, which might be, you know, they're super busy. They don't want to receive a daily email or you're not sending them emails frequently enough and they've already forgotten signing Mm -hmm. up to your list. Or maybe, you know, you got them to sign up with a cool like here's a free guide, you know, three steps on how to do blank. But then every time you send them an email, it's just selling, selling, selling free bonus Mm -hmm. sign up now. And they were expecting to get more of, like, you know, just content that brings some value and maybe eventually be sold something. Right. So it's always good to evaluate.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
0: oh, I was going to say, you know, it's not to be scary or overwhelming, but, you know, major companies pay millions of dollars a year for marketers and to yeah. um, understand consumer behavior and all of that. So... It is important for email marketing, even though it's not necessarily always going to be just an ad flying in your face. Um, even though you're not spending millions of dollars to sort of peel back the layers of that consumer behavior, there are plenty of data points to be able to figure out how to make sure that you're meeting the needs of your audience.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, be sure if you you know aren't getting the open rates or click rates or whatever it is that you are hoping for, take a look at that stuff too. I know it can feel a little more personal, but it it is possible that, you know, your copy could use some work or you just need to kind of reevaluate your strategy a little bit, Mm -hmm. so. Making sure things are clear. Yep, always think about your subscribers first, serving them. Like Melissa said, they are humans, they're people. Uh, We're currently in a pandemic. We're currently approaching, you know, the presidential election in the United States. There's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are parents with kids at home trying to learn virtually. Keep all of that in mind when you send someone an email and be sure you're not just sending them more noise and something that feels like it's getting added onto their plate, but instead it's something that's making their lives better and easier and is helpful to them. Yep. I couldn't have said it better myself. That was perfect. Oh, thanks. Even with coldness. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Advil. Um, Sponsored by, just kidding. (laughs) I wish. I wish. Okay, um, this one, this takeaway I had to mention because our most downloaded episode to this day is our episode on authentication. So I assume people really liked hearing about authentication and that was helpful to them. So um, obviously, I'm not going to deep dive here or I would just be redoing that entire episode. If you want more of a deep dive, go listen to the episode on authentication. But just to give a high level overview, Authentication matters to get to the inbox. There are three kinds of authentication, SPF, DKIM, and DMARC. Lots of letters there. But the important thing to know is that if you're using an email service provider like ConvertKit, there's a good chance you actually don't need to do anything in order for your email to be authenticated. However, if you are using DMARC on your domain, if you don't know if you are or not, You can go check that anytime. Just Google, you know, DMARC lookup. I personally use Demartian. We'll put that in the show notes. But you just put your domain in there and it'll tell you if you have a DMARC record or not. If you do have a DMARC record, there are three types of DMARC records. There's P equals none, P equals quarantine, and P equals reject. P equals none means essentially, again, you don't need to do anything. You're fine. If a message fails DMARC, nothing will happen. P equals quarantine means if a message fails DMARC, the message will go to spam. P equals reject means if a message fails DMARC, it'll get blocked or bounced. So if you're using an ESP, essentially DMARC is going to fail unless you set up some extra DNS records with your ESP. So if you have a P equals quarantine or P equals reject DMARC record on the domain that you're sending email from, be sure to contact your ESP or look in their help center documents. And um, at ConvertKit, we call it a verified sending domain. If you don't use ConvertKit, they might use different lingo, like a custom domain or something like that. Um, But typically you'll just need to add a couple more DNS records and you'll be all set. That's pretty much the really brief explanation on authentication. But if you want to know what all of that stuff means and understand more about how it works, then like I said, go listen to our episode.
0: And the best thing about using an ESP like ConvertKit or something else that you guys might use um, is that you can lean on them to kind of deal with a lot of those things. And if you have questions, uh, you can reach out to someone on the te- on their team and they should be able to help you kind of understand if you're missing something or if you need to add something. Um, otherwise, it's nice because those are a lot of things that normally you wouldn't really
1: have to worry about. Yeah, such a good point. I don't think many people realize all of the hard work that goes into mm-hmm. authentication and the records and, you know, DKIM mm-hmm. keys are supposed to be rotated and all of these things. So you're email service provider will take care of that for you. And you just want to be sure authentication is passing. You can always test that by sending yourself an email out of your ESP and pulling the message headers, which we have a YouTube video about. So that can let you know if you are passing SPF DKIM and DMARC.
0: Yep. It's one of our favorite uh, things to help customers fix because a (laughs) lot of times it does magically fix the issue they're having. And it's one of the few things in deliverability that can actually uh, be easily fixed. So,
1: Agreed. I kind of wish every deliverability problem was an authentication problem because you do feel like a magician. You know, someone's like, yeah. oh, my goodness, my open rates are 5% and then mm-hmm. tell them what to fix and they're up to, you know, 30 and you just feel great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Unfortunately, not everything is that easy. And uh, yeah, those, mar- those pesky marketing issues or marketing strategies <sighs> yes. can really affect people in ways that they don't realize. So the DMARC uh, or just authentication issues in general are kind of nice because they're usually pretty easy to fix, even
1: though they sound so complicated. Yep, I agree. I know, I'm the same way. So be sure you follow those four takeaways we talked about. One, permission is key. Two, engagement determines inbox placement. Three, provide value and adjust to your audience. And four, authentication matters. There's a lot more that we I know. have talked about. I'm like sitting about. here thinking, I'm like, but there's uh, so many
0: important things. I know,
1: there really are. Yeah. Um, so while we're gone, if you haven't heard every episode, I really do highly recommend going and listening in order because mm-hmm. we um, put them in, in order on purpose, kind of from foundational information to more complex information that all builds off of each other. So that can be a little bit of uh, homework for you. <laughs> and I hope that it's helpful.
0: I can't tell you how many times I get messages from customers uh, ranging from all different experiences, whether they're new or they've been around for a while in email marketing, and I really, I always want to send them links and be like, literally, this whole podcast uh, series and certain episodes will like answer all of your questions. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that we're helping people. I think that there is a lot about deliverability that is completely unknown to email marketers and that was our goal of this podcast the entire time was to shed light on some of those things and those issues that people experience and help them access information in a you know a little bit of an easier way than just trying to google and go down some rabbit holes and hopefully we've done that this this season
1: yeah i hope so too and one of my favorite things is that you know even though we work at convertkit and this podcast is created by convertkit it really has been so fun to have people who work at other ESPs reach out to us, um, other deliverability specialists, and tell us like, hey, I listened to your episode and I'm, I'm learning new things or this is really helpful. And I know I have a friend at another ESP who will actually send her customers links to our episodes when they have questions. And that just feels good for the deliverability community as a whole to mm-hmm. come together and share information and cheer each other on. Uh, we might work for different companies, but that's okay, and we can still help each other. It's great. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's been really fun, and I'm excited to see what uh, what next season will be.
1: Yeah, maybe we will do video. I don't know. We'll come up with something. I really think it'd be fun once you know people can travel again to do like a traveling. Deliverability course or something. Deliverability 101 Mm -hmm. in your town, something like that. So, if any of that sounds fun to you, let us know that you would come and say hi to us. It's like a book tour. We'll come up with some fun ideas. Yeah. Let's go on tour. (laughs) Let's get a tour (laughs) bus.
0: All right. Well, Neptune, my dog, is coming. Can you give me the mascot? Oh oh my gosh. Percy can come still.
1: Oh, my cat would freak out. He'd be climbing <laughs> on the doorbus walls. It would not go well. <laughs> all right. Well, he can stay home then. <sighs> yes. Okay. Well, I don't think either of us want to go because we love no rambling talking to you all. But <laughs> I guess we should say bye now for season one. This has been so fun. I'm not going to keep rhyming. Um, <laughs> Alyssa needs but, to go and take a nap now. I oh no, I really do. I... I need a nap, this medicine. Okay. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we hope you guys tune
0: in next season. And please, 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 if you have any ideas or suggestions for next season, it would be so helpful to do some brainstorming and
1: have some other things that we could potentially use. Yes, for sure. Please, okay, okay, thank us. you all for listening. <laughs> it's been wonderful. Stay tuned for season two. We're going to make it even better for you. Yes. Okay. I can <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover... Let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.